Pirates outfielder Brian Reynolds has requested a trade, and the Mariners have wanted him in the past, but do they still have enough to get a deal done? We'll discuss that and how Seattle's 2023 draft haul just got even better here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, hello. It is Monday, December 5th, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnove for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll get into the Brian Reynolds discussion and also look at the pick the Mariners just added to their draft capital in 2023. But before we do that, we've got a few things to cover here. Some big news today coming out of the winter meetings. And the winter meetings starting today means that we only have three days left in our multi-tiered baseball card giveaway. So we have already hit our marks for the signed Taylor Trammell card, the signed Taylor Dollard card, and the signed Cal Raleigh rookie card. We could still feasibly get to the Jared Kelnick sign card, but you guys got to help us out a little bit here. So we need 3,000 Twitter followers for that. We already reached the 4,500 YouTube subscriber mark for the first part of that goal, but we're still about 117-ish Twitter followers away from our 3,000 follower goal. So you guys got three days to get us there and we'll give away our Kelnick card as well. We will be announcing winners on Thursday's show and you have to be subscribed to our YouTube channel, Locked On Mariners on YouTube.com. All you have to do is subscribe and we'll be picking winners out of our subscriber list. Colby, anything you would like to say to our dear listeners who are hoping to land that Kelnick card and maybe some of the other cards here? Um, we tapped you guys out of everything. You got nothing left. Uh, I'm keeping the Kelnick card and there's very little you can do about it. Mm. Um, and I'm going to laugh the entire way because Jared Kelnick is still going to the hall of fame. So, um, just think the only thing that prevented you from having a hall of famers autographed baseball card was that you didn't want to, you know, follow us on Twitter. I enjoy it. So as I mentioned, some big news coming out of the winter meetings this morning. Both of the big pieces of news are pretty relevant to the Mariners. First of which, Justin Verlander is out of the AOS and the American League entirely. He signed a two-year, $86 million contract with the New York Mets to join Max Scherzer up there and basically take Jacob deGrom's spot uh, in that rotation. Secondly, Trey Turner is off the board. The first of the four big free agent shortstops has finally signed and it is a massive, massive contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. He ends up going to the East Coast. He ends up going to Philadelphia, where he's been tied to for the last few weeks in rumors. He gets to reunite with his good buddy, Bryce Harper. So good for Trey. And he got paid. He got that bag for sure. So congratulations to Trey Turner on that. Uh, but when you look at the AAV, it's not that bad. $27 million a year. That's a bargain for Trey Turner. However... <laughs> 11 years, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years with a full no-trade clause for a player whose primary tool is arguably his speed. That's surely going to diminish over the second half of that contract. But 
in the interim, the Phillies get one of the better players in baseball, one of the better middle infielders in all of baseball. They're going to be really good coming off of an NL pennant. So I don't think they're really concerned about the second half of that contract at the end of the day, but it is very clear to see why some other teams, including the Mariners, backed out, and especially the Mariners, who ended up pivoting to Colton Wong because, look, Trey Turner is not even one of the Boris guys here. Scott Boris represents Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa. Those guys still haven't signed, and now Trey Turner has set the market for them. This market is going to get completely unhinged, <laughs> I think. And so I, I think at the end of the day now, you know, looking back at it now, starting to get a little bit more of the full picture here, it seems like the Mariners probably made the right choice to uh, to pivot to Wong and reassess their middle infield situation uh, next offseason. You feel the same, Colby? Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, uh, Jerry would like to have a, a long-term solution put in place at second base, but you can't force it. You can't, you know, just, you know, try and, and, and punch the puzzle piece down. So it fits the way you want it to. It, it has to fit. It has to make sense for both the player and the team. And, you know, unfortunately, when you look at the shortstop market right now, um, it doesn't appear that, uh, any of those pieces are going to fit the way Seattle wants them to. Uh, and when you're, you're kind of a mid market team, which the Mariners are, uh, you can't afford, well, you can afford, uh, <laughs> let's be clear about this for a second. John Stanton can afford it, yeah. but Jerry DePoto cannot afford to just go out and, and, you know, sign players just for the sake of saying he signed them. He has to be very strategic about what, uh, what pieces he adds to the puzzle. And, and yeah, I mean, again, I, did Jerry want to go get stop gaps in left field or right field and, and second base? No, he probably wanted multi-year guys, but you know, when the deal presents itself like it did and you know, it, it's, it's, you think the players fit and you think it's the best you're going to do, then, then you pull the trigger on it. You just can't doing something is better than doing nothing, but doing something just to say you did something is stupid. It's how you get in trouble. So uh, pretty obvious why the Mariners were not going to go 11 years on uh, Trey on Trey Turner or anybody. I mean, the Mariners gave their 10-plus year contract Julio Rodriguez, and that's the only guy they're going to give one to. Uh, and I feel pretty confident that you can go ahead and write that in, you know, permanent marker. Yeah. Jerry's not going to do these long-term, you know, seven, eight, nine-year deals. He's not. He's probably going to be he's probably going to be looking at the four or five-year type of deals at the high end and and you know building from within. And and that's not a bad plan. That's what you know the that's what how the Astros won their World Series draft develop trade. I know. Mariner fans hate to hear that, but that's literally what the Astros did. That's what the Braves have done. Um, and honestly, to a similar extent, that's that's how most of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers roster has been built. Draft Cardinals too. Trade. Cardinals, Cardinals yep. Acquired you win a lot of games. and Arenado via the trade market, right? Yep. So. yep. so, yeah, I, I know Mariner fans don't like to hear that, but it's a viable strategy, and it not only works, it's the best way. It's the it's the it's the way that's worked the most. Right. So uh, yeah. Historically speaking, this is the this has been the most successful path to to getting to the World Series and actually winning it. Instead right. of and having staying power beyond one playoff push. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's well for you know most fans, it's just you know I, I want the immediate gratification, and I totally understand that. You again, I said this on what was it, Thursday's show that you wouldn't be a baseball fan if you didn't at least partly want the immediate gratification. 
you know, even us talking about all this stuff, we would be stoked if Trey Turner signed with the Mariners. But, you know, from a from a baseball roster construction standpoint, uh, this is just if you want to sustain a, a, a healthy product over the course of, you know, a half a decade and more and beyond, you can't get roped into deals like this because, you you know, more often than not, you're going to end up being the Angels. You're going to end up being the mid 2010s Mariners, you know, like, and at the end of the day, you know, John Stanton can't afford all of this. He can't. Like, let's be very clear about that. And he doesn't get let off the hook for that. Jerry DePoto, though, and Justin Hollander, they do have to work within the budget that Stanton gives them. And there's only so much that they can convince him to expand their their payroll, right? They, they can only do so much convincing on that end as well. So they have to work within the confines of that. And that's not just a one-year thing. That's a five-year plan, you know? I mean, teams handle it differently in terms of how they handle payroll. Some teams, it's a three-year uh, window. Some teams, it's a five-year window, whatever. But you do have to look down the road and how deals like this will ultimately impact you down the road, especially when you have, like in the Mariners' case, when they have guys like Ty France, Cal Raleigh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, who are all well on their way to getting paid, to getting broken off. And at that point, you know, because you don't, you also like, you know, you want to balance being able to add talent and not being scared to spend the money to add that talent necessary to get you over the hump, but you also don't want to go, you know, three, four years down the road and have to come to the fan base and say, well, we can't sign Cal Raleigh now. We can't sign Logan Gilbert now. We can't sign George Kirby now because, hey, we're locked into this contract with Trey Turner. And that full no trade clause is scary. And like because again, you know, Trey Turner's biggest tool arguably is his speed. And by the time that he gets to 36, 37, 38, 39, this runs all the way into his age 41 season, age 40 season something around there like he's not going to be anywhere near the player that he was and that's going to be a problem for the Phillies down the road and again they're not worried about that right now Phillies fans shouldn't be worried about that right now at the end of the day you guys got Trey Turner that's awesome Trey Turner makes you significantly better right now and the Phillies are well positioned now to make another run at the World Series so can we stop talking about Trey Turner now yes we are done talking about Trey Turner it's over he's signed it's done. It's finally done. Shout out to MLB nerds, by the way, who said the Mariners had a meeting set up with Trey Turner, and then like five minutes later, Jeff Passan tweeted, Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. That really worked out for uh, for at MLB nerds. Trusted, notorious, trusted source, MLB nerds. It's almost like you probably shouldn't trust somebody whose source is literally, trust me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Here's, as somebody with as much or more credibility as MLB nerds, I would like to report that the Mariners are very close to acquiring Brian Reynolds. For what? Ooh, we'll tell you next. Ooh, nice. I like that. All right, let's talk about BetOnline real quick, though, before we get into the Reynolds stuff. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen all right so colby 
we have to we have to note here you're just yanking everybody's chain you're not actually hearing anything about brian reynolds but brian reynolds has official uh, look he's 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 going to yeah he's doing the colby thing see he's rolling his eyes he's he's smirking he's doing all that stuff brian reynolds has officially requested a trade from the pittsburgh pirates he still has three years left of club control however however he's entering uh arbitration finally uh, so he's going to start getting paid a little bit but you know, and the Pirates are notorious for not paying players. Uh, they're incredibly cheap. If you want to talk about a cheap organization, the Pittsburgh Pirates are like the face of that, along with the A's, the Rays, etc. Um, but they do have leverage here. They do have leverage. They don't necessarily have to trade Reynolds, but he has publicly requested a trade, which, you know, that could cause some issues down the road, uh, especially in that clubhouse. Who knows? You know, I don't I don't know anything about Brian Reynolds, the player, the person or anything like that. But it's possible that that could be a problem for the the Pirates as an organization, uh, especially because they're going to be really bad. You know, they're still going to be really bad for the next few years, at least. Um, But they don't have to trade him right now. So we know that the Mariners have been interested in him in the past. Uh, There's people that cover the Mariners right now that believe that they're at least going to check in on that situation. Uh, But this is a different farm system, a different organization in general than it was, you know, a year ago, two years ago when it first really started to show interest in Reynolds. And some of the pieces that would have been attractive to Pittsburgh back then are not necessarily around now or their profiles have changed like Jared Kelnick for example, or Emerson Hancock potentially, because we did hear last year that the Pirates do like Hancock. Uh, Is that still a thing? Who knows? But let me just ask you this, Colby. Is there any chance in your mind that the Mariners could still land Brian Reynolds, and what would that take at this point to get him? Sure, there's a chance. Um, Here's the deal. When it comes to acquiring a player like Reynolds, do the Mariners have the pieces in a vacuum? Sure. Um, it's going to take a huge dent out of the farm system and, and might still even cost you some major league talent, but in a vacuum, can they acquire a player like Brian Reynolds? Yeah. Uh, I think the issue you know, arises when you eliminate the vacuum, right? And all of a sudden it's not just can the Mariners afford Brian Reynolds, it's can the Mariners outbid other teams for Brian Reynolds? And the answer is probably not unless the market for Reynolds is a lot smaller than we think. Um, Because, you know, you kind of look at what, where Pittsburgh's at right now. I'm going to assume they don't want prospects who are half a decade away. So you kind of eliminate a lot of the Mariners top, you know, 10 to 15 guys just right there. Uh, The Mariner or the, uh, the pirates have a a pretty good young infield. They have good Brian Hayes. They have O'Neill Cruz. Um, they have some pieces there. Uh, they're pretty set at catcher. They have Henry Davis, um, and uh, they drafted one other kid pretty high. Uh, they like where they're at at catcher. Um, so you kind of start to look around. And you say, okay, well, what do they need? And the Pirates really desperately need young pitching, starting pitching, uh, to be exact. They have a couple interesting arms, but they don't have anywhere near enough to build out a good rotation. So they're going to want starting pitching, and the Mariners are unfortunately fresh out. Uh, unless you want to add Kirby or Gilbert to this deal, which should be a non-starter. Just hang up the phone immediately. Um, Because pitching is more valuable than a corner outfielder. It's just fact. Yeah. Um, If you have two equivalent players, but one of them is a pitcher and one of them is a left fielder, you pick the pitcher every time. 
uh, Reynolds can can play center field. He wasn't particularly good out there. This and, last and by year. the way, we need to add too is like if you trade a starting pitcher, if you trade a Logan Gilbert, if you trade a George Kirby, you got to fill that hole now. That's a pretty big hole to fill. You have to get a, you have to get a, a number three. You have to get a Bassett or a Rodon. Um, and then you're probably not going to go out and upgrade your number five spot, which you also need to do. So uh, you're not trading one of those pitchers. Uh, so could Pittsburgh be, you know, interested in some kind of Harry Ford, Emerson Hancock, Brian Wu, Jared Kelnick, uh, you know, in the 30th overall pick type of package? Maybe, but what's to stop the Blue Jays from coming to them and saying, oh, well, we'll give you Gabriel Moreno or we'll give you, or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Marlins go and say, oh, well, we'll give you Max Meyer or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's right, nothing right. to stop uh, these other teams from just going in and saying, oh, well, we'll just beat that because the Mariners don't have a prohibitive farm, uh, farm uh, system right now. Mm-hmm. They don't, and and they really haven't since Julio and 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 Kirby and and Gilbert uh, all graduated, um, and then of course they went out and they traded, uh, you know they they traded uh, Noel V. Marte uh, and and obviously Edwin Arroyo for Luis Castillo, and thank mm-hmm. goodness they did. Uh, so yeah, they they're the farm system's down right now. Uh, Reynolds is a good player. He's 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 an all star, but he's not a star if that makes sense. I think he's closer to a four-win player than a six-win player, yep. uh, particularly when you take him out of center field. Uh, he loses some value there, but he's a very good player. So could the Mariners put together an offer that the Pirates might say yes to? Sure. Um, are they likely going to outbid, be able to outbid any of the other teams that are interested? No. And that's kind of where the issue arises. So unless this is a three-team deal or – Unless the Pirates love Jared Kelnick and Emerson Hancock, maybe they do. I mean, we we heard reports last year that they loved Hancock, but a lot's happened in a year, so we don't know if they still do. Maybe there's two prospects that the Pirates think are top, you know, twenty guys in all of baseball, uh, and that that's how they value them. So you never know because we don't know what Pitts, how Pittsburgh values mm-hmm. the Mariners' prospects essentially. But what we do know is that the Mariners really want Brian Reynolds, and conventional wisdom says that they don't they don't have a farm system that can beat any other offer that's likely going to be out there yeah uh it it really depends on if you know these other teams like say the blue jays who are very clearly in the market for a left-handed hitting outfielder uh, corner outfielder Mm -hmm. specifically um like if they have a cap right like if if they have like i'm just not gonna go there like if the blue jays are like i'm not trading gabriel moreno for brian reynolds then yeah the mariners have a better shot but that's a very big if Right. Mm-hmm. Especially for these teams that might, you know, feel a little more desperate to make a move like that than the Mariners are. Now, the the thing, though, for the Mariners is that they do find themselves in a little bit of a unique position because they can afford to be a little more aggressive with the names that they're throwing around here. At least that's what I believe with Felden Celestine uh, being added, uh, expected to be added to the uh, organization in January as an international uh, prospect signing. And then three top 30 picks in next summer's draft, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. They've obviously you know replenished a little bit here as of late with Tyler Locklear and, and Cole Young, guys like that. Uh, Walter Ford, of course. So, you know, they're starting to beef up this farm again and they're going to continue to do so in the next calendar year. So I think, you know, they could get a little more aggressive here and deplete their farm system for 
uh, you know, temporarily a little bit to land someone like Reynolds. Uh, I'm also, you know, open to Matt Brash uh, in the steal, but that is ultimately dependent on if the Pirates view him as a starter. Because if they just view him mm-hmm. as a reliever, you're selling low on Matt Brash, quite frankly. Right. So. No. Probably not enough to tip the scales if they think he's a reliever either. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm open to that. I'm open to them being like, here's Harry Ford and Bryce Miller and, you know, the 30th pick in the draft. And all. like, I am open to them doing that because of the talent that's expected to sure. re to, to enter this organization. But again, I still, even with that, I still think that it's dependent on if the Blue Jays are unwilling to go to Moreno and, and whatever else. And, you know, just right. the 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 desperation of other teams. Miami has been looking for a center fielder for like four years, and now Brian are, Reynolds really isn't a center fielder anymore. I don't think they care though. Yeah. I don't think they care. I think they'd play him out there anyways. But uh, the Marlins have a, I mean, just an amazing array of, of talented arms that they could offer. Mm. Uh, like if you're the Marlins, like you could you could legitimately trade uh, Max Meyer and Sixto Sanchez. Um, and not even really feel it for Brian Reynolds. And if you're the Pirates, like, I mean, yeah, those are risky arms because you know they're both battling injuries right now. But mm-hmm. the upside there is incredible with those two. So can I can I get something out of them? Maybe. So I just to me, I mean, I'd be if if he's moved, and I don't want to assume that that's absolutely going to happen. I, I think if it does, it might happen in the summer, which could actually be good for Seattle. He'd be a little bit cheaper in theory in the summer, but. Yeah. Also, you, you'd have, you know, another three months of, of data on your farm system. Uh, so it might be a good thing if he does not trade until the summer. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just I just feel like if Brian Reynolds is traded this winter, Miami just makes so much sense. And then we'll see. Toronto can definitely get in on this, but they're mm-hmm. also in on Nimmo and Yoshida. And, and that's the other factor, too, is that I don't anticipate Reynolds being traded really anytime soon. Um, which means that these other teams, they're going to move on. They're going to go sign the Ben attendees. They're going to go sign. Yoshida and, and and maybe the Mariners are one of those teams and they're going to go sign Nemo. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Reynolds isn't exactly the a great fit or he's right. not an easy fit as he once was. Um, so yeah, there, there's lots going to happen between now and when Brian Reynolds is traded. Q looking up on Twitter and seeing that Brian Reynolds has been traded. Uh, but <laughs> I, I just, I don't think that it's going to happen in this month at least. And I'd be pretty surprised if Reynolds was traded before opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be even more surprised if he was traded to the Mariners just because, again, they don't, they, the Mariners can't make a prohibitive offer. They yeah. cannot make an offer so good that other teams are like, we're out unless they want to trade Gilbert or Kirby. And I'm telling you right now, they do not. Yeah. They are not the, going to trade Logan Gilbert. They are not the, going to trade George Kirby. The sense that I get too is that if the Pirates are going to deal in this offseason, they're going to wait this out as long as they can. Because, yeah. again, they have leverage, right? Mm-hmm. Even though that they no are incredibly notoriously cheap. They do have leverage still because of the three years of fairly affordable club control uh, that Reynolds still has. So if he does get dealt this offseason, I think it's pretty close to spring training that it happens. It could be early March. It could be February. Um, I just I don't think if this does happen, it's it's not going to happen during the winter meetings. It's not going to happen later this month. That's just my sense on it. Uh, the other thing, too, you mentioned Yoshida uh, for the Blue Jays. Obviously, he's a potential target for the Mariners. He still hasn't been posted yet. And Oryx, his team in Japan, has said that there are certain things that need to happen in order for him to be posted. So 
maybe that's not going to happen. Who knows? They have until, I believe, December 15th. And there was a report from John Morosi today that he's expected to be posted on the 12th. Uh, so we'll see if that actually happens. But if he doesn't get posted, that does change things for the Mariners. That does yep. change things for the Blue Jays. That does change things for yeah. quite a few teams. You should also mention... I believe. Let me double check this real fast. Well, while um, you're doing that, let me remind the folks that this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to them by Simply Safe. At Locked On Mariners, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Mariners listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love Love it. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out the home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under $1 a day. That's less than half the price of traditional home security systems. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdownmlb today. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdownmlb. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Colby, did you figure out whatever you're looking up? Yeah. Um, so I believe I was trying to find who did it. I believe it was Daniel Kramer um, who has recently uh, linked the Mariners with Andrew Benatendi. Um, so I didn't I didn't see that. I completely missed that. Uh, well, uh, the, the reports are a little iffy. I can't see the a tweet from Kramer. Uh, I mm-hmm. saw somebody say that Kramer reported that, but ah. I don't know where. But again, Ben Attendee makes sense for the Mariners, so yeah. that wouldn't be surprised. We've talked if it about was why true, he, but, like, like Jerry Depoto would love him, right? He's just a Jerry. Depoto he's very guy. yeah, CTZ and and plus yeah. defensive left fielder, all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they were interested in him, but I just I wanted to see if there was like a a set report that said, yes, they've talked to him or yes, they're interested. And I can't find one from a reliable source that says they've absolutely reached out. So mm. just something to keep in mind. Uh, ben attendee is, is also very marinary. So we talked about this during the Brian Reynolds segment that the Mariners have a tradable pick mm-hmm. as pick number 30 in next summer's draft. Uh, it's the first selection in the competitive balance round a and uh, the reason that that's particularly interesting for the Mariners is they also got a basically a first-round pick for Julio Rodriguez winning Rookie of the Year, and that slots in at the pick right ahead of the competitive balance round A at number 29. So the Mariners now have picks 22, 29, and 30, and this was, of course, confirmed by Joe Doyle of Prospects Live, who was the... Uh, the first to report that this was a separate pick from the Julio uh, selection. And uh, that is, again, now confirmed that it is separate. The Mariners have three picks from 22 to 30. 
which adds more bonus pool money, which again gives them a tradable draft pick, which is surely going to be interesting over the next few days, weeks, months, who knows. Uh, this is huge for the Mariners, right, Colby? Like, this is incredible. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's a huge gift. Um, you know, we had talked uh, last week or so that we'd kind of expected Seattle to get a comp round B pick because they'd got one the year before, and typically they don't, like, reshuffle those or they don't, like, reformulize who's eligible for those for four or five years. Um, we weren't sure with the new... Uh, with the new CBA, how they were going to formulate who gets those picks. Um, but as it turns out, it's even better because the Mariners essentially get, you know, a first round pick. It, it, it's there's 30 teams in major league baseball. Uh, the Mariners have three of the first 30 picks. So, I mean, in all reality, they have three first round picks. Uh, one of them is tradable, as you mentioned, which is big. Uh, it's worth noting that uh, the Mariners, as things stand right now, have the sixth highest uh, bonus pool. Uh, draft bonus pool. So they they are essentially have the same amount of money to spend as that whatever team gets the seventh overall pick uh, mm. tonight. So uh, there there is a lottery happening tonight. By the way, uh, the Mariners are not in it. Thank God. So mm-hmm. um, I won't be watching. But yeah, the draft pick is huge. Uh, both of them are huge because we talked about in the Brian Reynolds thing is that the Mariners farm system is taking a hit because it was designed to take a hit and it's a good thing that it's taken a hit because now you have Cal Raleigh and Julio and Logan Gilbert and George Kirby from your farm system. And you also went out and you acquired a Eugenio Suarez and Luis Castillo and others for guys in your farm system. So it's a good thing that your farm system isn't as, you know, number one, like, but you still want to restock it. You still want to replenish it. There are holes in the farm system that you can now address with these three picks. And because you have so much money to spend, you can get really creative with this. You could just take the three best players when you're on the mm-hmm. board and, and feel good about that. And, and you're probably getting three guys who are likely going to end up in the top 10 ish of your, of your current ranks, maybe even higher. Um, or you could maybe try and, and work down one of the guys in the 12 to 15 range, maybe try and get him to talk his way down to 22 where you're going to mm-hmm. over pay him by a million bucks and, and still have enough money in that uh, comp in that second uh, or in the comp round a pick to, to get a pretty decent prospect too. So there's a lot of fun that maybe you just go slot and then you go way over slot in, in round two or something. You try to get like four first round talents out of this. There are a lot of ways you can go with this, mm-hmm. but probably the most interesting one, at least for now, uh, is is what can you get if you trade that pick? Like what what's the quality of player you can get? Mm-hmm. It's tough to say. These things are, are pretty hard to value sometimes. Um, <clears throat> the Mariners have made one trade that involved a comp round B pick. Uh, they traded three years of Omar Narvaez. And they got a comp round B pick, which was, I believe, 67th, 68th. So how can, much can is... Can you name the player they also got for Nervais? Uh Adam Hill. Hey, there you go. Yeah, so... Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's a little tough to say how much a first-round pick is. It's not nothing, I'll tell you that. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, is it worth Taylor Dollard? Like, is it a, another Taylor Dollard? Or is it another like Bryce Miller? Is it another Emerson Hancock? I don't know exactly what it translates to, but it's valuable. It's a valuable piece, and, and the Mariners can have a lot of fun with it. They can either improve their major league roster, or mm. they can keep it and and you know keep the bonus pool and and restock the farm system in, in one fell swoop. Mm. There's a lot of things you can do with it, but I do think that I th- I think the initial plan should be to see what it's worth mm-hmm. in trade talks. So a couple notes here. 
the Julio pick is not tradable. So number no. 29 is not tradable. Um, the other thing, too, is that now I believe if the Mariners were to sign a player that has a qualifying offer attached to him, they would have to give up a second-round draft pick instead of a third-round draft pick. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it's kind of silly that uh, they, they let the the performance incentive pick or whatever that's called uh, count as a, mm. a pick so that because if that didn't count as a pick, then the Mariners would, would only have to give up their third their third round pick, mm-hmm. so that that's kind of silly. Uh, it's your third highest pick for those that don't know that you have to give up. Uh, if you're right, depending on specifically, right there, there's a formula. If you if you're if you get revenue sharing, but you don't have X, and you give up your third highest pick. If you mm-hmm. get revenue sharing and X or something, you get in your pay. Blah blah blah. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is. The Mariners too complicated. We don't pick. need to get into all. No, of no, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So before we sign off here, Ty, I do. I I did hear a couple of ideas that I want mm. to get your thought on for okay. a player that you could trade that pick for. Okay. And it's, it's probably a pick and the prospect and like yeah, a yeah. middling prospect, but uh, one name that, that uh, got brought up, I believe this was, I believe Joe Doyle brought this name up. Okay. Would you do uh pick 30 and like Perlander Barroa for one year, Blake Snell? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Snell was uh, Snell got back on the horse this past year. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think uh, a lot of people paid attention to what mm-hmm. Snell did this year, but he was really good. I think he averaged like twelve Ks per nine or something like that this year. He was, it was good. I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah, hometown I would, guy. I would do that. Decent do chance that. you can get him to sign an extension. He's yeah. talked about his desire to come back to Seattle. Like, I yeah. think that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one I heard. This also might have been Doyle, maybe, and, was, and also was, the Padres, like they're getting close to that luxury tax threshold. Yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to exceed it. So they're apparently quite interested. Well, they were quite interested in Trey Turner. Um, mm-hmm. They're apparently interested in Xander Bogart. So if they make that move, they're going to have to cut some payroll. They probably mm-hmm. want to do that anyways. Uh, and then I think the other name I heard it might have been Doyle. Maybe it was it was Churchill or, or Crawford. I can't remember who it was exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, would you trade that number thirty overall pick for Ian Happ one year of Ian Happ? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like so. like my priority here is making the major league roster better, right? Like you know, I got to balance yes. the, the replenishing the farm and all that stuff, you know, and that goes into the whole discussion about you know sustaining a healthy, you know, successful baseball club over the course of five right. to ten but years. I'm I'm not giving that pick away just for like you know a reliever or somebody like no, that. No, 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 definitely not that. But like, yeah, if I can get someone like Ian Happ, who's a difference maker, if I can get someone like Blake Snell, who makes my rotation just ridiculous, uh, yeah, Do yeah, that like, in a heartbeat. can I get a player who gives me three wins this year? Yeah, for that draft pick, and Ian Happ can do that. Yeah, Blake Snell, Snell can, can do that. Do that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what you're looking at, and or maybe it's now it's the draft pick and and Taylor Dollard and. Michael Arroyo for for Randy Rosario, you know whatever it is, yeah, like yeah. those are the type of things you have to consider. So yeah. it's a great spot for the Mariners to be, and and um, it'll be interesting to see what Jerry does with the tradable pick. But either way, whether he trades it, if he trades it, he's going to get something that's really going to help this roster. If he keeps it, then he has a shot along with Scott Hunter to kind of rebuild the farm system in in, in one draft. And and both of those both of those thoughts are pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're not doing Mailbag Monday today. 
Uh, apologies to the to those that were maybe preparing some questions for that or getting excited about that. We are planning on doing a mailbag show at some point this week. We just don't know exactly when because this is, of course, winter meetings going on. So this is a pretty fluid situation. We got to stay on our toes with that. So if it looks like nothing is happening and, you know, you never know what the Mariners, right? They'll announce something like 10 minutes after Jeff Passon reports it officially. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But if it doesn't look like anything is really, you know, going on with the Mariners, we'll send out the, are we doing it on YouTube or Twitter this time? We'll figure that out. But we'll send out a message on either one of those platforms when we're looking for questions and all that. But yeah, with the winter meetings this week, it's going to be a little bit nuts. We don't know if the Mariners are going to do anything or not. I kind of have a feeling that they might do something. It might be a little bit small. This might be, honestly, this might be the week where the Chris Flexen trade happens or Marco. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like if they do do something, it might just end up being that. Right. Um, there's also the Rule 5 draft, which oh yeah, isn't that exciting, but the Mariners do typically make a pick. so mm-hmm. And it's usually a reliever. <laughs> usually. I mean, that's pretty much the only players yeah. who get picked in the Rule yeah. 5 anyways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, if, if they make a rule, I think they're going to add one player to their 40, man. Either it's the Rule 5 or they're going to make a minor trade or something, but mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see them. Like, I don't think you're going to get a huge announcement. I would be, su- I put it this way, I'd be surprised if the Mariners did anything that would require us to, to do an emergency pod. And keep in okay. mind, our bar for emergency pod is, is like literally Trevor got. We so. did Trevor. I mean, that was a very <laughs> special case considering we were literally like here. <laughs> we were sitting at, yeah. still at the desk when it happened, but yeah. Don't, don't tempt me. The Mariners go sign. Steve Ciszek, I'll do the emergency pod myself. He loves Steve Ciszek. He he would. He's good. Want, he would well, definitely not, not want anymore. To do. <laughs> he was in Seattle. He's not anymore. Anyways, goodbye. All right, that's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast for Colby Patnode. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at C Pat eleven. That's C P A T one one. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.